there are many Bible teachers and Bible students who believe that God is through with Israel. They are as eternal as the new heavens and the new earth which God makes. Spoken of in Isaiah chapter 66 and Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, I can't help but believe that God's purpose is yet to be fulfilled in this nation Israel. In the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 25, we find that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. For 1900 years, Israel has been blinded. Their minds seem to be absolutely blinded to the truth concerning God's program for Israel and God's program today in gathering out of people for his name. God is not through with his people. He's working out a plan now. Well, you remember, he goes on in that 11th chapter, if the riches of this world be the scattering of the Jews, the falling away of the Jews, what shall their coming be but life from the dead? God is going to restore them back to himself. When? When the fullness of the Gentiles become in. For the next verse says, and so all Israel shall be saved. And God's going to forgive every one of their sins. He's going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Our teacher, Dr. John G. Mitchell, was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to Our study on biblical prophecy continues with a focus on the relationship of God to the nation of Israel. And even though Israel has a history of rebellion against God, is God through with his nation whom he chose for himself? Well, we find that God has an eternal plan for Israel, his nation, and the land on which they dwell today. Dr. Mitchell relates from Romans chapter 11, verse 1, that God even having scattered the nation away from their land, which he gave them, he still has not abandoned them. But God has, however, given them a partial blindness until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And when that is complete, it is written, all Israel shall be saved. That is, all Israel who believes in their Messiah at that time will be saved. Well, let's continue with Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, Romans chapter 11, verse 1. We continue our brief studies on prophecy with respect to the Lord's dealing with the nation Israel. And in our last lesson, we were dealing with the fact that God chose Israel not because they were many, but they were the fewest of people, but because he just loved them. We talk about the sovereignty of God. Even when God divided the nations... All over the world, he divided them according to the numbers of the tribes of Israel. I question very much if any of us realize the tremendous place the nation has in the heart of God. And when I say that, I'm very cognizant of the fact that there are many Bible teachers and Bible students who believe that God is through with Israel. 
But when I remember that they are as eternal as the new heavens and the new earth which God makes, spoken of in Isaiah chapter 66 and Jeremiah chapter 31, I can't help but believe that God's purpose is yet to be fulfilled in this nation Israel. This is why I'm taking this up, uh, partly to answer the questions that have come to me through the mail, and partly because I want you to get into your own heart, yearning to get into your Bibles to find out where are we in the program of God. And if the coming of the Lord is so near for the church of Christ, how you and I must redeem the time. Not just sit and fold our hands and say, I'm waiting for the coming of the Lord. But the more I love his appearing, the more I yearn for him to come, the more I should be on my toes, if I can use that term, trying to reach people with the gospel of the wonderful, wonderful grace of God. Now, we've been discussing this in our past lesson, and if anyone want to continue, uh, concerning the fact that Israel rebelled against God, which we found in Isaiah 59, and Ezekiel 22, where God wandered, there was no man to intercede. There was no man, he found no man to make up the hedge, and plead for his land. And again, may I suggest from those two passages of Scripture, Isaiah 59 and Ezekiel 22, God found no man to plead for his people and no man to plead for his land. And when you come to the prophet Jeremiah, uh, we find where God said that so far gone, there's not even one righteous man in the city of Jerusalem. If you can find one man, I'll save the city for the one man's sake. And time would fail me to go into such passages, for example, as uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, uh, where they where they're nothing else but a, a bunch of liars, and they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. And even though Moses and Samuel were to stand, all the people of God wouldn't even listen to them. So the result that they were scattered among the nations of the earth, the northern part of Israel, or we call the northern kingdom, was scattered about five, six hundred BC. And then Judah and Benjamin were scattered in 70 AD. So the whole nation has been scattered among the nations of the earth. Now this is what we have in the word of God. In the book of Romans chapter 11, verse 25, we find that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. I'll come back to that verse in a few moments, but I want you to mark, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. For 1900 years, Israel has been blinded. I have dealt with Jews Jews were orthodox Jews, and I've had the tears run down off their beards as they talked about the declension of the Jewish people with respect even to Judaism. And their minds seem to be absolutely blinded to the truth concerning God's program for Israel and God's program today in gathering out of people for his name. You remember Hosea chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, where Hosea said, Israel shall abide many days, without a king, without a priest, without an ephod. This is the condition of Israel for over 1,900 years. Likewise, in Jeremiah chapter 24, uh, verses 9 and 10, I will deliver them to be removed. Now listen to these verses. I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt, to be a reproach, 
to be a proverb, a taunt, and a curse in all places whither I shall drive them. And I will send the sword and the famine and the pestilence among them till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. So he consumed them, and they were scattered from the face of the earth. And until 25 years ago, down through the centuries, they've been away from the land which God gave to their fathers. There to be a byword, a reproach, a taunt, and a curse. The same thing in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 37, where I read, And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among all the nations, whether the Lord shall lead thee. You know, it's a remarkable thing when you consider this. I, I remember when I was a little boy, whenever we saw a Jewish boy on the street, we would always run after them and chase them and call him Shani. Now, that's what you have here in Deuteronomy. That's what you have here in Jeremiah. You shall be called a Shani. I'm giving you the Hebrew word Shani. Shani. Uh, when we were crossing the Atlantic, for example, on board ship, there were a number of young people, boys and girls. I was one of them. And there were two or three Jewish children on board ship. And it doesn't matter whether you were German or English or Irish or Scotch or French, no matter what nationality you were, Whenever a Jewish boy showed his face on, on deck, everybody cried out, Shani. All had the same word. Rather strange isn't it that over 1,500 years B.C., Moses declared this is what they would be called when they were scattered among the nations of the earth. They'd be a proverb, a byword, a Shani. Rather strange. You don't hear it very much in this country. But oh, how often we've heard it when we were youngsters. Every Jewish child, shady, and we persecuted them. We chased them. We threw stones at them. Why? Just because they were Jews. Now, my friend, you may argue all you want to. These are the facts. And God prophesied over 3,500 years ago that we would call his people Shanies. Rather strange. You have the same thing in Deuteronomy 28, 37. We had that a moment ago. And in chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, verses 22 to 27, you have the whole thing concerning the generation that shall come when they see the condition of the land. They'll see what's happened here. The land, it, it was supposed to be uh, full of Vineyards, pomegranates, a land of milk and honey. See, nothing else but fire and brimstone. This is before Israel went back 25 years ago. Down through the centuries, the land has been cursed by God because of his people Israel. You see, how long is this going to, how long is this going to last until the fullness of the Gentiles become in? Allow me to take two verses of Scripture. I quoted one a moment ago from Romans chapter 11, verse 25, where I read that blindness in part is happened to Israel. Paul is writing to the, to the Christians, and he said, I don't want you to be ignorant of this fact, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. 
Now in Luke chapter 21, verse 24, we read, Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be filled full. Now these are two different things. The fullness of the Gentiles, times of the Gentiles. I believe personally that the fullness of the Gentiles, spoken of in Romans chapter 11, 25, is the gathering out of the church a people for God's name. And after this, he's going to return and deal again with Israel. I think it's what we have in Romans 11. God is not through with his people. He's working out a plan now. For you remember, he goes on in that 11th chapter, if the riches of this world be the scattering of the Jews, the falling away of the Jews, what shall their uh, coming be but life from the dead? God is going to restore them back to himself. When? When the when the fullness of the Gentiles become in. For the next verse says, and so all Israel shall be saved. And God's going to forgive every one of their sins. He's going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Suffice for the present to say, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. But when you come to Luke's gospel, where he's dealing with the return of the Lord to the earth, he declares that Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be filled full. Now, the times of the Gentiles started with Nebuchadnezzar. This is given to us in the prophet Jeremiah. And Nebuchadnezzar came, and he, and he destroyed their city and destroyed their temple, carried them into captivity, and scattered them among the nations of the earth. And the Gentiles have been in domination right through. Now, someone's going to raise the question, well, what about it now? The Jew has the whole city of Jerusalem now. It's no longer under Gentile domination. Yes, but just a minute. Are you sure that the Jew is going to keep that? It's true they've had it for three or four years. Is that going to continue? This is one of the issues today. The king of Saudi Arabia is not going to be satisfied until Jerusalem is freed from the Jew and given back to the Arab. Is not the mosque of Omar still there? Right on the place where the temple was built, where Abraham offered up his son Isaac, they still have their mosque there, it's still in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is still, in a certain sense, still under the power of the Gentiles. Then God is through with the Gentiles and picks up Israel again. Then you're going to have Israel in charge of Jerusalem when they'll build their own temple. If the Jews today were to start to build his own temple, you'd have a, a religious war between Israel and all the Arab world. Every Muslim would be opposed to Israel. No, Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And let me tell you this, my friend. You put these two things together. The fullness of the Gentiles is about here. The church is about complete. Now, I know some of you don't agree with me. That's perfectly all right. That's your privilege. I personally believe that the coming of the Lord for his own is very, 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 very near. The time has come for the catching away, the translation of the church to be with her Lord, as spoken of in Thessalonians chapter 4. 
You say to me, why, Mr. Mitchell, every once in a while down through the centuries there's been always a, a group of God's people who claim the coming of the Lord was near. Our friend, that's the genius of it. That's the genius of it. Every generation should be looking for the coming of the Lord. What for? To keep their eyes on the Lord. I'm not looking for the coming of Antichrist. I'm not even looking for the coming of the judgments of God upon the world. I believe that having accepted the Savior, I'm going to be freed from that. Every believer in Christ. God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain deliverance through our Lord Jesus Christ. We wait for his Son from heaven who hath delivered us from the coming wrath. But Israel is going to be regathered, whether you like it or no. But the purpose of God for Israel will not even be started until the church is taken from this scene. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And the times of the Gentiles is about through. And I would say with our Savior when he spoke to his people, his disciples, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your heads, for you know that your redemption draweth nigh. Now let me just say one further thing before I take up this question of the future of Israel. You notice that Paul said three times in the book of Acts, in chapter 13, chapter 18, chapter 28. In chapter 13, he said to the Jews, the Jews having spurned the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said to them, seeing that you have judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles, and they will hear us. It's repeated, not exactly the same words, but in chapter 18, and likewise in chapter 28, when Paul went to Rome, was a prison in Rome, and the Jews came to him to ask about certain things, and he spoke to them concerning the gospel of Christ and the fulfilling of the prophetic word, and he repeats it again, that the Jews having counted themselves unworthy of eternal life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And then you remember in Thessalonians chapter 2, of the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, where the Apostle Paul makes that tremendous statement concerning Israel when he said that the wrath of God is come upon them to the uttermost. And just a few years after Paul made that statement, the wrath of God has come upon them to the uttermost. They were scattered over all the face of the earth under the judgment of God and they've been scattered ever since. You see, well, there's a nation. Yes, there's a remnant gone back to Israel. But don't you forget, the great majority of Jews are outside of the nation Israel. I mean by that, outside of the land. We've got more Jews in America, for example, than you have in Israel. And so on. One could speak to that point. Maybe we will afterwards. Now, let me suggest this as we go on. What is the future for Israel? Allow me first of all to say that the great prophetic theme of the Old Testament is the, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the great subject of Old Testament prophecy. When will the day of the Lord start? What is the day of the Lord? 
We read over scores upon scores of times in the Old Testament, the day of the Lord cometh, the day of the Lord cometh, the day of the Lord cometh. Now, I recognize that when that statement is made quite often in the prophets, it has a local application, but it goes beyond the local application. There are those who have declared that it, the day of the Lord, all those prophecies concerning the day of the Lord has been fulfilled fulfilled in the restoration of the remnant of Israel. My friend, let me suggest this to you, that if, the, if those prophecies were fulfilled in the restoration of the remnant of Israel when they came back to the land under Ezra, Nehemiah, and Zerubbabel, then the rest of the scriptures have not yet been fulfilled because he promised them an eternal condition, an eternal blessing. When every man would be under his own vine and fig tree, when there'd be no more war, when the nations of the earth would come to Jerusalem and learn the word of the Lord, when there'd be no more war, and when the Lord would reign from one end of the earth to the other. That has not taken place, and please don't spiritualize that. Even today with the church, he's not, we're not ruling the earth. War is still going on. The time is going to come when men are going to beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pony oaks, and men will learn war no more, and God will arbitrate between the nations, and they learn the word of the Lord. It hasn't taken place yet. I'm only suggesting this to your thinking because when we take up these scriptures concerning the day of the Lord, it's a special time when the glory of the Lord will be upon the earth and when Israel will be as Moses declared, no longer the tail of the nations, but the head of the nations. Now, you may not like that either. But my friend, God's word is going to be fulfilled, whether you like it or no. And I'm sure of one thing, that the Lord who gave to us his word and revealed his purpose is going to absolutely, in every detail, complete that which he has declared he would do. If our Savior fulfilled every detail of his first coming, even to saying on the cross, I thirst that the scriptures might be fulfilled. I'm positive that every detail of every part of prophecy concerning his second coming, when he comes to the earth to reign, will be fulfilled in every detail. I'll tell you, my friend, that's the kind of a God we have. Huh? You say about nations? Isaiah chapter 40, Daniel chapter 4, tells us the nations of the earth are just a drop in the bucket. They're the dust in the balance. Yea, they're less than nothing. And the Lord, who sent his Son to die for us, is on the throne, working all things out after the counsel of his own will. And as we read these scriptures, especially concerning Israel and then concerning the nations, I pray that the Lord will put into your heart a tremendous passion to read the Word of God and know the purpose of God even for your own life, that his name might be magnified in you and in me. Now the Lord make this a wonderful day to you and fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Oh,
Changing Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.